We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Welcome to the Lindley Evans Studio here at the ABC in Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and please welcome our panel. It's James O'Loughlin, Beck Melrose and Tommy Dean. And with the music, it's Fanny Lumsden and her band. And our audience this week from, this week from Braidwood, Newtown, Newcastle, Freshwater, Roselands and Randwick. But first, as always, here is the news from nowhere. Parramatta Pool reopened this week after six years in which there wasn't a pool for the poor people of Parramatta. This was an offence. A trip to the municipal swimming pool is a birthright of every Australian child. Who agrees with me? In my day, it involved a trip to a rectangle of water so laden with chlorine that your eyes would turn red while still airborne in the act of diving in. <laughs> Meanwhile, the showering area was so impregnated with tinea that you could lose a leg just by walking past. <laughs> Kids peed in the pool, that's true, but only because they wanted to prove that the yellow pool had that name for a reason. <laughs> also, no one used sunscreen. Teenagers would lie around smoking and sunbathing as if conducting a competition between the various forms of cancer as to which would prove the more virulent. You half expected a race call. Skin is well positioned, but lung is gaining ground on the outside. This whole watery circus was presided over by a bull-necked manager armed with a whistle and a deep hatred of children. <laughs> now, I don't want to claim that everything was bad. There was some shade, but only from the sign that listed the banned activities. <laughs> Running was forbidden. So was diving, splashing, singing, laughing, or entering the pool if you had recently visited the change rooms and had thus, thus lost a leg to tinea. There was also a kiosk, but the electrical supply to the fridge was so dodgy, all the ice creams became a slumped mass of ice crystals with a stick on the side. <laughs> the pies, meanwhile, sat in a device optimistically named a pie warmer. The dial was turned to the halfway mark between O, cold, and 10, hot, a point that should have been marked botulism, just there. <laughs> In case the pies remained botulism-free, tomato sauce would be added via a plastic squeezer pushed under the skin of the pie, much like a doctor inserting a needle. And if done correctly, the funnel would, over time, become encrusted with old sauce and bits of other people's pies, then left in the sun to fester. Admittedly, this did give the pie a unique flavour, which I've missed ever since. Uh, that was when I would approach the concrete diving tower. You remember those, the only entertainment device provided. The tower was built by evil council engineers to look squat and short when viewed from below, while in fact being unfeasibly tall. I climbed up the first flight of stairs, gee, there seemed a lot of them, and then around the corner, oh crikey, another whole flight, before emerging on top, shuffling to the edge and looking down 
It's probably 10 years old. Next thought. Oh, God, I'm too young to die. (laughs) By this time, a number of older boys, men, women, and just for humiliation value, seven-year-old girls, had formed a queue behind me. There was no means of retreat. And at this point, the pool manager bellowed from below, Come on, boy, jump! And I stood on the edge, mind disconnected from body, the roar of humiliation doing battle with simple fear, my small body swaying one way, then the other, as buffeted, as if buffeted by these forces, until the humiliation grew so great that fear was pushed to one side. And I dived, heading straight down, my arms stretched ahead, as if my young body were a sleek missile that would soon pierce the water, splashless, noiseless. Well, that was the idea. <laughs> the trip downwards instead appeared to take some time, time in which I became slowly aware that my body was no longer heading straight down, that my arms had crunched up, my knees now bending, my legs now cycling in the air as if riding an imaginary bicycle, my body starting to flatten out horizontal now, a falling ironing board, the water surface grey like steel, heading up to greet me. Somehow I heard the sound before I felt the pain, (laughs) the immense noise of what was known as a belly flop. Even the pool manager looked up. When I eventually surfaced, the sound was still echoing around the pool, having bounced off the band activity sign. Afterwards, I floated feebly to the edge like a dead mackerel. Walking or breathing proved impossible for some time. The only good outcome, the teenagers stopped smoking for a moment so they could stand up, point at me and laugh. (laughs) So, Parramatta, enjoy your new pool, but it will hardly create as much drama as the municipal pools of the past. And that's the news from nowhere. Some of your most powerful descriptive writing ever. I, because I've climbed down from that type. Have that, you? Yeah, I was. I, well, you asked the seven year old no girls good. to stand to one yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just bailed completely. So I yeah. admire you. Yeah. Yeah. How come it looks so short when viewed from there, mm. and yet when you're on the top looking down, it looks so. It looks like the, you're on top of the Empire State Building. It does, yeah. yeah. And even higher, I think, yeah. uh, than that. Imagine how high the Empire State Building would look. <laughs> I've talked about it before, but uh, the municipal pool that I grew up with as a child was actually just a swimming pool in the middle of a cow paddock in a very small farm town. Yeah. Uh, Same as you described, basically. Uh, The back room was where the pinball machines and the teenage smokers were. Uh, You weren't allowed to go in there until you'd attained puberty, as the sign said. Attained? (laughs) That's what it said. There was a sign that said that? How did did they check? Yeah. (laughs) But that's how I learned oh, what the word was. Me and many of my friends would stand in front. What is puberty? Do you think we've attained it yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and attained is such a yeah. dramatic right. word. And then we'd ask ourselves, yeah, what does puberty. attain mean? We don't know what either of these words mean. <laughs> yeah. We probably Let's shouldn't just jump go in, in there. So is that long beard you've still got, was that created by squeezing, squeezing out huh? the, the astuteness in order hmm. to attain puberty? <laughs> but it was, uh, it was the, the <laughs> diving board. We had a 10-foot diving board. But the whole thing was volunteer. It was the Schimbergers. The Schimbergers family owned the farm and thus the pool. And it was just volunteers that manned the pool for the kids. But it was such a small farm town area that we only had a volunteer fire department. And I remember very specifically one day on the Saturday swim, one of the men went up to the diving board. And as they got to the top, he sort of surveyed around and then screamed out, Oh, no, the James farm is on fire. (laughs) And everybody ran. 
Like everybody that worked there was also part of the fire department, and they just abandoned a bunch of children in a swimming pool. I'm surprised they didn't take the water. Well, it would have been a good idea. Yeah. Scooped up by the helicopter. Yeah. They were triagey. Yeah. Let's uh, check you up with this week's news. Who is cross that a tick is being given a tick, but a cross isn't ticked at all? Oh, this is Clive Palmer and some other guy went to the court to try and dispute the Australian Electoral Commission saying that in, in the referendum, if you tick, that's yes, but if you cross, that's no. No, but it's no, not. that's it's, invalid. It's invalid. It's invalid, yeah. which seems weird to me. If so, if you write, you know, do you like broccoli cross, that looks like a no to me. But what do I know? The court said no. A tick but, is, but some forms a tick you do put a yes. cross for yes, you know. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. That is the true. The, a tick is a yes, but a no is invalid. Or they might, the court might have just been saying, I didn't read it carefully, that you're not allowed to advertise the new Twitter in the referendum. <laughs> I'm not sure. But then again, that tick looks a bit like the Nike swoosh. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I think it's, it's fair to say, though, isn't it, that if you have trouble following the instruction, if you want yes, write <laughs> yes. yes, and if you want no, write no, and you're getting into ticks and crosses and swooshes and whatever, you probably haven't followed the referendum <laughs> carefully. So and the truth is, on the experience of the past, hardly anyone makes this mistake. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's such a small right. number. But I do want to have a game of noughts and crosses with the Australian Electoral Commission after if, if crosses are invalid, and I'll be noughts. Mm. <laughs> and I'll probably win. You'll win. But we're going to shift the context of these things because based on understanding now that the Palmer argument was that X contextually always means no, mm. uh, there was a girl that I dated for a while who, that when she would send me a text, would say, her, you know, put her name <laughs> down, and then XXX. And I didn't realise that she was breaking up with me. Yeah. <laughs> Triple no. Until just now. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. She had to say it three times. No. <laughs> I think it's an interesting legal case, right, because I remember the last election I actually took legal action against the AEC for another symbol that's often put on the ballot paper. I think we all know what it is. It's a doodle, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and I was trying to argue the case that everyone who draws a doodle on their ballot, that's a vote for Clive Palmer. <laughs> so I, I really think that should have held up. That should have yeah, held but up. But they said it was too ambiguous. Like, it could be any politician, couldn't it? So <laughs> that didn't get through either. Yeah. Or, yeah. Any, or any man who's achieved puberty. <laughs> Yes, um, attained, attained. Attained. <laughs> Who is uh, up in the air when it comes to where his pay packet is going to land? Uh, I believe we all know who this is, don't we? I think this is the story of Alan Joyce, who received a payout of $21.4 million, I think it was. But then I read that there's potentially a clawback, which I didn't realise was a technical term, but they're going to try and claw back $14 million of that, which I think might just be enough to give $1 to everyone whose luggage they've lost over the last couple of years. So it's a good amount, isn't it? You still get $7 million. Well, bucks. Yeah. Say, it's, uh, if, if, well, if there not... was a, a game we could play where if, the, you know, if you gave me $21 million and then said, oh, wait, I'm taking back 14 I'm sure I would still say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like a game where everybody wins, yeah, right? There are many people who voluntarily give back money they're paid. Like I've never been to, hey, James, you know, do you want to do this work for a hundred bucks? Ah, uh, let's say eighty. You know, like people don't really bargain down. There is one person who does it. That's Akmal Sali. <laughs> Whenever he did back in the day a gig where he didn't feel that he'd really delivered 
for whoever the client was. They'd come up after him to some crappy bar and say, here's your 50 bucks, mate. And you go, no, no, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I go, no, mate, mate you, you came all the way. I mean, it wasn't very good, but you and you go, no, I, just stop, don't give it to me. You just leave without it. It's sort of a negative tip, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really admired that. I mean, I'd never do it, but I, I admire it. I'd have to do it at every gig if I had that policy. <laughs> Did you know he flew out on Emirates as well? Did you hear this? So apparently he flew Akmal? out on Emirates. No, no, this oh, is right. this is Alan Joyce. Akmal <laughs> might have flown Emirates as well, but he well, gave twenty percent of his seat to someone else. <laughs> but no, he flew he's, out. He's Emirates. tried Qantas. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But for me, that's like Ronald McDonald going for a whopper on his lunch break. That does not bode very well for Qantas, does it? Not good. Now, who should uh, Google the word unfair when it comes to internet searches? Who should Google the word unfair? Uh, well, this is about Google which the US government claims has rigged the market in favour of signing deals to make its search engine the default on many different devices. I feel like we've just fallen through into the year 2000. Mm. Is it the browser wars all over again? The problem of Google being a monopoly, like surely that ship has sailed. Uh, I don't even know if there are any competitors. Like I Googled competitors to Google. (laughs) They bury that pretty low, don't they? Yeah, none came up at all. Like you don't say, oh, yeah, I wanted to find out about Marlon Brando, so I duck, duck, goat him. I binged I him, Jesus. I yassooed him. <laughs> like, it's gone, it's over. It's they all are. over. But yeah. even the ones that supposedly are competition, like the one that I could, I, I have a Windows computer, and I just find it pathetic how needy Bing is. <laughs> Bing is always popping at the background. Are you sure you don't want to just use me? Please? Could you please Bing something? No, I'm not no, going to Bing you, Bing. Uh, there's, a little, back. there's a little Bing in all of us, I think. I feel a bit <laughs> like that so often. bad. Internet Explorer popping up. Are you sure? Shut up and yeah, get out of the way. We're sure. We're sure. We tried. There's one called the World Wide Web Wanderer. There's no oh, what, like, really? That's not going to turn to a verb, isn't it? Like, it, oh, what? Yeah, it's a great <laughs> verb. I wanted to find out about Marlon Brando, so I went and wandering. World, World Wide Web wandered. <laughs> Google is easier. There's a lot of un- uncompetitive behaviour around. I always wonder about the ACCC, you know, the Australian Competition and Consumer. Why, why is there only one of them? Ah, very good, very good. Yeah. Oh, come on, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, no, that's... That is clever. You wouldn't hear that on TV. No, no. Really We're all just formulating our petitions in our heads. I'm getting right one right after I the show. I haven't even heard of two. You. Is that a thing? <laughs> I'm going to bing it right now. We need a three UE as a competitor. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. We have James O'Loughlin, Beck Melrose and Tommy Dean. Now, only one Australian hotel, it's a place in Brisbane, has been included in the list of the world's top 50 hotels. If you're lucky enough to stay in a hotel, what are your favourite things that just must be included? I mean, mine's the, uh, you know, that spinning thing that pol- polishes your shoes that they put next to the, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. They put it next to the elevator and you, oh, it's just bliss. <laughs> fantastic. What's your favourite, Tommy? I want to, I'm still, uh, what is it? Yeah, so it's... it's like, uh, where is it? I've it, never seen it. No, it's usually next to the elevator. Well, you have to stay in a pretty classy joint, Tommy, maybe... <laughs> Maybe you haven't. Um, no, and it's next to the elevators and, uh, and it's a little plug-in device and it's a little spinning uh, sort of uh, brush. So spinning brushes and you polish your shoes. It's marvellous. It's a sure. little shoe shine machine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Try saying that with your teeth in. <laughs> Never seen so I like, uh, they're, they're pretty common, but I like a safe. Mm. <laughs> In my motel room, suggesting that I might most likely have something I need to put in there. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's, where I, I, that's where I store my dentures. Yeah. 
That's the problem. I can't get them back. And, and I would imagine your shoes after yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I put the TV remote in there. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, call him, then I call him, I got some problems with my safe. The most valuable thing in the room is locked in there. <laughs> You know what I? You know what I marvel at, and this is very rare. This happens very rare these days in the world of soft everything. Uh, but I stayed in a hotel once that had actual size soap. Oh, that oh, was wow. 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 like human size. Nice. Wow. I have never seen that. So that was exciting. Most places now that I stay in, everything is a pump bottle. Yeah, all those little tiny ones. You see, I think the little tiny one, I hate it. You're soaping up your belly with one mm. of those things. You look fatter. You do. Oh, you do. <laughs> right. But yeah, more, if you've got a normal size soap, you think, oh, well, that's fine. Well, I get more put off because the ones, they're like full-size bottles in the shower and they're locked to the wall as yeah, you I the wall. steal them. These yeah. are the places I stay as well, yeah. the towels chained to the wall so, as well. So to, to take all the stuff, instead of just taking the bottle, which is convenient, you've got to get a plastic bag and then yeah. empty yeah. <laughs> Empty it all into well, the plastic I mean, bag. Well, I mean, usually those places come with the shower cap. When has anyone ever worn a shower cap in their life? Oh, I use them all the time. Yeah, I have to take cap. the soap home for free. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm at that stage in my comedy career. you got to <laughs> take advantage of these things. I love motels over hotels. I'm still at the motel stage in my comedy career. I don't know if I'll ever move out of it, but... <laughs> I love the rule book that you get when you check into a motel because you treat it with respect at a hotel. But at a motel, you check in, you got a really thick book of rules. There was one rule that one I stayed at recently that said, don't eat biscuits in the bed. <laughs> really? <laughs> what has happened here? <laughs> yeah. What's the point of holiday? I know, it? right? That's the best thing about a motel. You get your pack of little Anzac biscuits yeah. and eat them yeah. in the bed. Why yeah. else are you staying in a motel? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I had to stand up next to the bed and eat a biscuit. It was pathetic. I like the bath TV, but I usually don't have time. They never have a shower TV, which is irritating. Maybe I haven't gone to the right hotel. Um, I don't like the free waters. You know, some of them they give you a couple of bottles of water and you go, yeah, but is it? Yeah. Is that going to be 18 bucks? And so I never, I never, yeah. and then I feel like I've missed out on something. Do you free. like the minibar generally? Do you like the minibar? No, no, I'm just going to put that in the safe. Uh, <laughs> I like the minibar because I like the yeah, psychological well. battle of it. Because when right. you first walk into the room at 5pm, you look at the prices and you think, no way would I ever have anything like that. Do you think I'm a moron? $8 for a beer? I'm not an idiot. Then at about 10pm. You are an idiot. You are an idiot. Yeah. So it's that battle of wills between you and the fridge. And the minibar always wins. But the question is, at what time? At what will time? Yeah. yeah. Will it win at 5pm? Or at midnight. Yeah, I agree. The other thing I've, I, I like now is a coffee machine because I know how to work them. But the first time I ever <laughs> stayed in a hotel uh, that had one, I got this uh, gig in Berlin, right? And I flew over and I emceed a day and then at night I had to do a comedy spot from stuff that I'd, uh, you know, got from the day and I hadn't slept for about two days by then. And you know how if you're really busy you can make it through the day but then you, when you go back to your hotel you just, you start everything, you're just going to pass out. You ex- And I was exhausted and I had to I had to go and do this comedy spot and they had a coffee machine and I was just, I could see the, the ca- capsule of coffee and I was kind of hitting it against the machine and I couldn't, my brain wasn't working. And so I eventually rang them. I said, please, can I have a cup of coffee? And uh, uh, he said, oh, sir, you have this wonderful coffee machine in your thing. No, I can't use it. Oh, sir, we'll send help. So someone knocked at their door and they handed me a manual. 
<laughs> it was about 50 pages yeah. long. In, in, in German. Yeah. I remember when Pod Coffee first, because I, I had no idea it had started either, and I was staying in a hotel that had them, but I didn't see the machine. So I was just like peeling oh, the coffee. No. <laughs> You're just drinking it. No, I thought it was just a weird way to present instant coffee. So I was like pouring it in. Like, why won't this dissolve? <laughs> this is the crunchiest coffee I've ever had. Yeah. It's yeah. blend like, 44. These are really little cups that you pour the water in. Oh, that's I was at a gig once, but they actually had that. So it was at like a buffet table. And they had a woman whose job was to drop the capsule into the slot because people are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and I was walking up and I could see... I was going, oh, no, she looks like one of those people that has the job. But, oh, no, you're just the people that are stupid, lady. I'm yeah, so sorry yeah. for you. There's and a I job for her in Berlin if she wants like, one. Yeah, she'll leave her be and just go, all right, I'll just, I'll just. Yeah, you're going to have to help me. <laughs> okay, but that hotel, you mentioned the hotel buffet. That's got to be one of the best things about the hotel. If it? it has the omelet guy. <gasps> yeah. That, to me, yeah. is the ultimate hotel yeah. accoutrement. If there is breakfast in the morning with an omelet station, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, please. They are magic. They, anything you want, anything you want, and there's no questions asked. What's I the want? Tommy Dean om- omelette? Double ham, double cheese. Oh, Wow, double eggs? I mean, why don't you just get two? Well, the egg, that's the beauty of the omelette station. Omelette <laughs> sandwich. It's not, it's not limited by eggs. They've Deserve got, a, more, they've got anyway. a bucket of pre-cracked egg, you know. They yeah, got, it's yeah. just ladles. Ladle. Yeah. Not even that part's magic. I like the, you, you know, know the little you things with yogurt, and it's just yogurt, but they've put like... Three crushed nuts and a blueberry on oh, top, and exquisite. it just makes it look three oh, times absolutely. as good. Absolutely. Yeah. Does the only guy have to wear that. one of those white hats? Heck yeah! How can you trust him? <laughs> <laughs> with that I don't want to mix him up with the steamship round guy. <laughs> That's a very different hotel. Uh, talking about menus, what about the pillow menu? Huh? A pillow yes. menu. Yes, and I find that awkward. I love that. The first time I encountered it, I was reticent. It it's, feels well, like mostly too much. no, because it felt too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I am uh, a boomerang pillow guy. What does that mean? The U-shaped, the boomerang-shaped okay. pillow. Oh, right. Love them. Love them. Johnny Ray, you recently moved to Australia. Yeah, <laughs> it's because. I'm going to say something terrible there. Never mind. <laughs> Makes your dreams come back. Uh, <laughs> I just love the shape. They just that's just my pillow really? of choice. Uh-huh. And to go to a hotel, and I was like, call them straight away. Yeah. Yes, bring me two. Bring me two of them right now, and I was and I felt I felt like a diva at first. Yeah, wow. And they just show up and say they don't, they're happy to do it. Beck, Beck's being getting angry now. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting furious. This doesn't happen at my motels. The only pillow menu I have is excuse me, can I have one that doesn't have the businessman's skin all over it who stayed here before me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm waking up like a depression schnitzel here. I don't want to do this. Yeah, the only- I have one without the blood stains. <laughs> how, how hard is it, Tommy, to fit one of those boomerang pillows into your luggage? Oh, no, no, no. The, no, the secret is, is to, is you like wear it around your neck like an airline pillow. Oh, you just oh. walk out of there. You yeah. check out. And you're just always ready. Check That's out. great. That this is just like part of my house, outfit. But obviously yeah. it couldn't be because he's wearing it around his neck yeah. as he checks out. He's just stylish. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's my just self-confidence. Yeah, yeah, right. To pull it off. Yeah. Uh, we have James O'Loughlin, Beck Melrose, Tommy Dean and our wonderful audience. Thank you for coming. Thank God it's Friday. Live on ABC Local Radio, the Wheel of Death beckons. It's James O'Loughlin's turn this week round. Um, Today's topics, uh, if I can just get a bit more. Here we go. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Today's topics are bohemia, indigestion, spot, spiders, speed bumps... 
Camellias, beetroot, cats, school holidays, beaches, totem tennis, ice, ice baths, balloons and animals. Which one fill you full of fear, James O'Loughlin? No, no, I'm confident. Got God on them all. Good. <laughs> and you'll never know if I'm wrong. Round, around, around it goes where it stops. No one knows today's topic. For James O'Loughlin, as suggested by the audience here. Not Camellias. Thank God it's Friday. Is I put too much WD forty in this? Uh, is indigestion? Indigestion. Go indigestion. get him, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. Go get him. Indigestion. People say it's from food, but I think it's from emotions. I think indigestion isn't from a kebab at all. Uh, although I, I remember there is a sign uh, somewhere in Sydney that says "quality kebabs," and you think one of them's not right. Um, <laughs> uh, but but no, I think I think it's an emotional thing, and some people say I've got an indigestion, and I just think you probably killed someone. <laughs> you pro- you've done something bad. Maybe not that. I mean, that's you know high, but you've done something bad today. You've you you have, and it's it's bile within you, Ooh. emotional bile. That's what indigestion. I mean, you can take that to headaches means you're having bad thoughts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, your earaches means that you've heard something unpleasant. Uh, swollen tongue means you, you hate what you, comes out of your mouth. But focusing on indigestion, there is obviously the rule. I don't know if you – we have this rule in our family, better out than in. Uh, it's not so good with indigestion. But, it's you know, when you, there's something that you feel, you know, when Lucy's angry with me or I, she, I say better out than in and she – Tells me, and then you regret that oh, because she's meant, told you. I thought you meant you were like, I, I'm better go out. No, no, better out than in means, look, if you're going to look at me like that, you might as well just say it. You know what I mean? Like, what did I do? I've done something bad. Just say it because at the moment I'm Hercule Poirot and I've got nothing, um, which is bad too because, you know, you should know. But indigestion is more, it's just, it's self-hatred. It's self-hatred. I've consumed, I've done something. So then what do you do about it? So better out than in means, you know, when you've had indigestion, you feel like you should vomit, right? You do. And I've had, I've had actually kebab food poisoning <laughs> where I was like, when I was a lawyer, I was on my way home. I was on my way out of the office and I just stopped into the toilet and I got rid of the kebab and then I went back to work. I like it. It's an amazing cure. For it. Uh, there is somebody is, in prison right now <laughs> who's so glad that you did that. Yeah. So sometimes it looks physical, but I still think about what did I do emotionally that night I had the kebab that the kebab latched onto. <laughs> and so kind the kebab of. Is basically, let me get this. It's a catalyst. The, the, the kebab is an agent for emotional feelings. Exactly. It's yeah. a catalyst. Sure. You have to have something, and it's usually meat related, and it's usually old meat related. That. <laughs> But it's connecting but to yeah, something how, how, does, how does the person who left the meat out of the fridge that morning for three hours where it was struck by blowflies, how did they know that you'd come in at 7pm having done something bad earlier in the day? I know. And we do live in a world where there are a lot of conspiracies. Firstly, the vaccines <laughs> um, and now this. So, yeah, exactly. There are a whole heap of people looking at us all, uh, leaving out bad meat whenever we do anything bad to try and teach us. <laughs> to be better people. And that's what we're on earth for, isn't it? Wow. I mean, eventually that's how you die. You do something so bad, you get incredibly bad digestion that just kills you. Mm. Um, 
because it's just been too bad. Yeah. I don't think he's wrong. This is exactly yeah, what I was talking you, about Craig. earlier because yeah. when you are at a hotel with an omelet chef, you know that you have done the right thing. <laughs> yeah, thank God it's Friday. Yeah. Thank God it's Friday with yeah. Richard Lover. Does, does he die, ladies and gentlemen? Does he die? Oh. No, oh, he lives. He lives he because lives. of Tommy's tag, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy uh, saved me. Uh, no, I, no. Feel, I, I actually now have indigestion. After oh, no. <laughs> yeah, well, this time I thought it was tomatoes. It turns out it's just low self-esteem. Yeah, that's know. right. That's yeah. Well, what, uh, is that a thing here, Pepto-Bismol? Uh, Marlantra, yeah. I think, is the oh, common Marlantra, um, that's right, is, is it? Right. Well, Pepto-Bismol is the one you see in the movies all the time, the American. It's a pink liquid, and it's the anti-acid yeah, yeah, stomach yeah, coating. Yeah. And it's actually quite good. <laughs> it's delicious. Like I remember, like my dad used to get indigestion all the time, but we used to sneak in and drink his yeah. medicine because <laughs> it was such a fun, chalky yeah. flavor. Yeah, yeah. Nice. You know, yeah. there's a hot dog eating competition that's sponsored by Alka Seltzer. Yes. That's got to be the best. Yeah. Can I say the three twelve-year-olds in the audience do not do this? No, <laughs> if they do any of this. Gen- generally, my advice is don't listen to Tommy. Oh, yeah, and also the three twelve-year-olds in the audience. All that stuff about indigestion, meaning you're a bad person. That's just crap. It, it just means you. <laughs> it just means you ate some bad meat or something. Yeah. The reality. Is children, most people are bad. Be aware of them. <laughs> terrible lesson. Terrible, now, uh, Joe yeah. Biden's presidency is being rocked. Speaking of terrible people. <laughs> what? Joe Biden's presidency is being rocked by things done by his son, Hunter. Who's the relative who has caused you some considerable difficulty? Beck Melrose. Where do I start? I don't think we've got long enough. Uh, I, I love my family, but they love a drink and we did an ancestry test recently and it turns out that our blood is just five times over the legal limit from our great 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 grandfather <laughs> they should have known something was up when my uncle handed over the sample and it had a perfect head on it <laughs> there's a few troublemakers <laughs> it's your half slivervitz and half guinness <laughs> yeah, exactly most families i think get an information pack they we just got a warning not to drive on double demerit weekends so we're not short of a practical. troublemaker it's very practical isn't it Oh. James, who? Uh, yes, uh, well, I, rang, I I couldn't work it out, so I rang my dad and said, "Dad, he's the person in our family who's really difficult." And he went, "Ah, uh, no one, I got to go." <laughs> so I guess Suspicious. It's me. But actually, the person who casts the um, who casts the longest shadow that I find irritating is my father-in-law, who's arguably one of Australia's greatest ever stage actors. Uh, he's one of Mr. Mr. John Bell, I believe. Yeah, that's right. He's one of Australia's greatest ever stage actors, and I try and do jokes about. Indigestion. Um, <laughs> he's playing Hamlet and I'm playing the Oatly Hotel. Uh, he goes, Is this a dagger that I see before me, or all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players and all that stuff? And I go, Oh, mate, where are you from? What do you do for a job? So, <laughs> yeah, it's just hard to be in that shadow. Hard to be in the mm. shadow of John Bell. Tommy, what about you? Withering, though. Do you, do you find him with his looks withering? His looks. Yeah. I mean, like, when he looks at you, like, does he look at you? Like, if you say something at the dinner table, like, hey, how about those potatoes? And he just, like, hits you with, like, some sort of just Shakespearean stare. Shakespearean <laughs> <laughs> I just find that really, you know, like, impressive stage actors just have a way of looking at you that yeah. they're looking. They look through you. Yeah, And yeah. then see you and then judge you and then despise you. Wow. You, you've got a bit of it, yeah, too, exactly. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying I met him once. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, that was just you, I think. (laughs) Oh, what? He's such a mean man. (laughs) Our black sheep was a guy named Doc. Uh, Doc was my... Doctor? Well, they called him Doc, but that was because uh, I don't know why they called him that. He was not a doctor. Uh, (laughs) And I don't know. His name was 
was Jonathan. Um, Doc Doc was my dad's half brother's uncle. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that is. We need a diagram here. Yeah. <laughs> well, my grandfather, my grandfather. So most of my family I'm aware of comes from my grandfather's second wife, my grandmother. But then he had a previous life, uh, which uh, world where it is was better. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of good things happened before he started slumming it with the deans. And um, but Doc was this, but Doc was because a farm. I grew up on a, a dairy farm, and and Doc was all I remember as a kid was Doc was the guy that would come around to help on bailing day. And then the next thing you know, something's happened to the bailing machine, and all the men are angry, and Doc's been run off because he rewired the bailing machine wrong, and now it just cost him two days of bailing time. Or the cows didn't get brought back in at the right time. Or he rejigged the milking machine in such a way that he accidentally had the butter churner turned on first. I don't what was his problem? Was it drinking? Or, or, or? Oh, did I mention that? <laughs> With my Sorry, I, I should have said. Mini bars. He was very <laughs> alcoholic. Uh, yeah. Very alcoholic. It was implied. Yeah, maybe, maybe they called him Doc because he always had to go to the doctor. <laughs> maybe they're like, you know what you need? Doc. <laughs> you need a doc. Maybe. Like, I was quite young. I'm like, I'm like five, six, seven in mm. this time frame. But all I remember is Doc's name always implied bad things. <laughs> right. Something, if Doc was around, bad things happened. Does that make you reluctant to go to the doctor now? Oh, oh, no, no. I'm reluctant because of outrageous health fees. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that shouldn't be a problem here in this excellent system, but I still fear the American billing system. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm just so afraid. So uh, medicine that, equals bankruptcy to any American. Yeah, it just does. <laughs> don't call the ambulance. Please don't call the ambulance. <laughs> just cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> call Doc. Way cheaper. Yeah, call Doc. Call Doc. Call Doc. Now, some say the state... Budget delivered this week made efforts to solve the state's housing crisis. Uh, others say it was a missed opportunity. But, but here's one of the problems. For reasons that include COVID and family breakup and, and the annoyances of group living, we now have far fewer people per household. You see five or six people to a house. Now it's one, two or three. Do you understand why people want to live with limited numbers of others and how can we encourage more house sharing? Beck Rice. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. I've lived in plenty of share houses. There's a reason people are trying to live with fewer people. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> I, I lived with this guy who didn't come out of his room. I didn't meet him for a month. And he would eat blood pudding every morning for breakfast, breakfast of champions, wow. apparently. I didn't meet him until we were watching as a house the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral. And then he came out of his room. <laughs> but he only watched the funeral bit. <laughs> I was terrified of this guy. The, the four weddings, I can take or leave, but the funeral, I'm hanging around for this. Yeah, wow. So what was he doing in there, just eating biscuits in bed or something? Right? Well, I can't imagine him be eating biscuits if he started his day with a sausage made of blood. <laughs> I don't know what he was eating in his maybe room. Maybe he but... was making the blood pudding. That's, uh, that's, maybe yeah. it's all of the housemates that go through that, quite a few <laughs> flatmates now yeah, that I exactly, think about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there was a revolving cycle yeah. of people coming Tell us about the house. house. I mean, you had the whole thing about the f- fridge and, you know, packets of milk with, this oh, is, this absolutely. is Beck's hands off. Yeah, all the passive-aggressive post-it notes, don't use my razor, I can tell. Our windows didn't shut. I was living in Scotland, so there'd be frost on the inside of the house. Wow. Uh, we, we were in a proper share house. Mm. One of my other housemates used to flush food leftovers down the toilet. Don't know why. Don't know why. Often you'd Maybe go in and 
There'd just be food in the toilet. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was evidence of the blood pudding. If yeah, you know it could what I be. Mean. There's yeah. some dodgy things going on in this house. It sounds there? like it. Yeah. You're, you're lucky to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine the people at the sewage plant going, oh, yeah, those people at 318 are not chewing their food, are they? It's yeah. <laughs> very strange. That blood Does that look like Joe's finger to you? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Joe around for a while. So people say that the more people you live with, the cheaper it is, you know, because you, you share electricity costs. But not after you factor in the cost of therapy and <laughs> very true anti-anxiety medication. Yeah. I went for a bushwalk on Wednesday, and I didn't see a person for eight hours, and it was so good. By the end of it, I was even telling the kangaroos to nick off. Just leave me alone. <laughs> I want to be alone. Some, you know, just being alone can be really nice. I think what you can do, you can encourage people to live in bigger. Houses with more people by mandating that there have to be at least ten people in every home for the next six months, and then after that, six seems great. That's <laughs> true. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's about, the medicine ball effect. Yeah, exactly. Well, you compare it with. Bang your head against the brick wall, and then yeah, okay. Yeah. Tommy, why how, do, how, why aren't people wanting to live together anymore? I think it, I think individual differences are, are difficult to overcome. I also I just think it's hard to even just organize. Like I remember. Um, when I was, this is years ago, when I was a young single man, I happened to live by myself and I invited people every night to come live in my house. <laughs> just no, I would just go to drinking yeah. establishments and just approach people and say, Hey, you should live in my house. Did you get a few, get a few X's? Like none. X's, just X, X, X. Yeah. It was just, no, no, no. Leave the door open. Nobody would come in. You're lonely. I drove around in a van. <laughs> it's just a type of vehicle. There's no need to. Yeah. Oh no, it was it was multicolored. Just so we're clear about it. <laughs> uh, I think I think it is hard. I think it's hard. I think it's. I think people are not designed. At the, but it's a fine line between share house and commune. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I think if you want to have multiple different non-family people living together, you have to have, like, a cult leader. Right. You need a central power. Yeah. The problem is, at that level, you just mm. need a central power cult leader that just determines exactly how many yeah. uh, shotguns we will store in the back. Yeah. Uh, is, I'm using my blood, American experience. blood sausage before or after 9 a.m.? Yeah, you just yeah. have to have some exactly. rules. It's just some, you, know, you have to set some very clear boundaries about how things, and I think it's difficult. It's very difficult. You just, you need, that's the only way it works. Um, I'm basing this on the model of religion, of course. Yeah. Um, but growing a up. cult later. No, with large families. I grew up in a Mormon community and they tend to large families. Yeah. And that seemed to be how it worked. If you have a central figure who can then dole out the responsibilities to these six to 24 children that live there, <laughs> <laughs> then things get done. Yeah. But I think if you bring together, like uh, right now, so the answer. Just, is, no, let me get this straight. The answer to Sydney's housing crisis is that we all become Mormon. Is that right? No, no. I'm just saying. No, it sounds like it's to get rid of democracy. And uh, <laughs> oh, I think you'll find that democracy is very much a loner's business. <laughs> <laughs> My vote counts. Me, me, me. Yeah. It's very clear about that. <laughs> like just for fun, they, they've been quite an enjoyable bunch of people to spend an hour with. Yeah. Uh, telling some stories and laughing, but if I just take a second and contemplate living with all of you, (laughs) I can already see where the trouble starts. Where does it suck? Right there. (laughs) 
The 12-year-olds. Exactly. Why did you point at the kids? Uh, who were the winners and losers of this week? James O'Loughlin. Uh, two losers. No winners. Uh, first loser is Bindi. has got my first one of the season, boo. Second one is spring. So really the loser is the weather for just not understanding the concept of spring. Yes. So spring does not mean it's midsummer for four days and 34 degrees. Then it's midwinter and it's 17 <laughs> degrees. You don't just average it out and say, there you go, you had an average spring week of 25. No, spring is a medium between the two. It is not oscillating between extremes. Get your act together, bring back spring. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Very confusing. Beck Melrose, who were the winners and losers of this week? The, similar to James, the winners and losers of this week. The winners are the year 10 class that were still skiing at Perisher on a tiny patch of snow about nice. as big as a netball court. And I thought, yes, that's the perseverance we need in these difficult weather times. Yes. So they're the winners. The losers of the week this week is anyone looking for chicken because there is a chicken shortage due to a workers' strike. Oh. So the bachelor's handbag from now on will be known as the traitor's clutch. So just be aware <laughs> of that. <laughs> I do love Bachelor's Handbag. It's, it's perfect. Uh, Tommy, who were the winners and losers? I think the big winner is Lachlan Murdoch. Yeah. Uh, I think that he would have watched all of the television show Succession thinking, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Not that guy. This is not going to work out. Yeah. And, and it'll be at the last minute when, when, my, my, when I feel my hand is already clutched yeah. around victory. Then whoosh, but somehow it worked out for him, so very good. And uh, the loser is, um, you know, the continued sense of, right and wrong in democracy that they will continue to crush under the guiding hand of Lachlan Murdoch. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lachlan. What a lovely note oh, to end on. They say his politics are completely different to his father's. Well, I yeah. look forward. He's I more will... right-wing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch Sky News more now. <laughs> now that it skews youthful and hopeful. Oh, wow. He's got a tat. You know? yeah. Well, he does. Yeah. But I still don't forgive him for that. Uh, I used to have a one phone, so, you know, he's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Please thank, ladies and gentlemen, James O'Loughlin, Beck Melroys and Tommy Dean. Thank you for being part of Thank God It's Friday. Remember to check out Fanny Lumsden's new album. It is called Hey Dawn. Thanks for being part of it all. Next week, Colin Buchanan will be on. Alex Lee and Tommy Dean. Music from the cast of the new production of Wicked the Musical. They're going to sing a medley of the songs. It's going to be fantastic. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. And thank God it's Friday! Woo!